messed up, but that Game made us boys. I'm pissed to do another episode. I'm pissed. I'm rude, and I'm ready to roll. Yeah, hell yeah. And you know what? It's a good thing that I fucked up my tech and my cables yesterday, because today we get to talk about March, baby. Oh yeah, what about March, March? Madness? Um, there are a million games coming out in March, Lux. Oh yeah, March is, is going to be wild. It's going to be hot. It's going to be. They steamy. dropped the Kirby trailer this morning. Coming out March. Looks good. Looks good. Watch the, watch that trailer. Got excited. I did too. I did too. And there's co-op. Yeah. In fact, there's co-op, which is exciting. I got so excited about it that I watched one episode of the Kirby. <laughs> and then you're like, "That's enough." And I was like, "I'm at work." <laughs> what? What it, does? Uh, does Kirby talk in the anime? Uh, not really. It's like a lot of other characters do most of the talking. I think Kirby just like blurbs and bleeps. I, the thing that stood out about it, because I was still like reading stuff. The thing that stood out about it was that like you know how in like every kind of shonen anime or like especially slice of life little boys anime, there's always a character who's like, uh, you got to grow up and realize the world is yes. suffering. Uh, they have one of those in the Kirby anime, and it's Meta Knight, and it <laughs> rules because Meta Knight's just like Kirby. One day you'll understand. <laughs> That rocks. I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna watch the Kirby yeah. anime after this. I'm not going to work. Yeah, uh, fuck the Attack on Titan segment. We're changing. Oh man, we got so many segments. Let's get right to it. Uh, welcome to Game Boys. I am Griffin, and I am Lux. And with us, as always, on the ones and twos, it's Meta Haley, editor, all around hero Haley. And Haley looks a lot like Meta Knight. I know. I know. A lot of fans are wondering more. They want to know more about Haley, and I would say Google a picture of Meta Knight, and that's a that's at least could be a cousin. Yeah, she's always jumping around and using her cape to fly while she throws her sword. Yeah, yeah, for doing a bad. This is a side thing for her. Her main thing is swords and jumping through the air. Yeah, and hassling Kirby at every opportunity. Oh, they're not friends. They're they're vil- He's a, it's a, it's a villain. They're kind of friends. If they have like you know, it's like a for me. Topic. I'm not super like the the extent of Kirby lore to me is that he's pink. He sucks things, and there is a tree in level one, in every level one. Yeah, and and King D. Oh yeah, King he big. He big, but he dumb. And King DDD probably f- featured in more raps as a lyric than than any other Kirby NPC. Yeah, probably yeah. so. Uh, well, you don't hear a lot of people here <laughs> dropping bars. About yeah, Meta or evil, or the Mean Tree. Uh, but you or know what? Tree. Hey, I think uh, uh, don't don't look up sequel. Don't look don't look down at the. Trees. Vandal hates my, my bit. Don't, that's okay. It was a bad bit. That's new. That was new. That was noodles. Oh, noodles um, hates the show too. Well, no, I separated them so they wouldn't bark so much. But now they're barking to each other. It's gonna be one second. First of all, Vandal hates the show, and that was understandable. But then we get the second dog, and I was like, fresh start. Maybe we can get the second dog on board with the show. With just the general laziness and, and vibe. And, you know, it being sort of a an alternative gaming podcast to the more polished, candy-coated, producer-fied, just giggly nonsense that you get in, in, in most mainstream podcasts. I thought that we could get Noodles on board with that, but I guess not. No, All right, Lux no. is back. No. No, quiet, or I'll put you both in the room. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll do it that way. Uh, but anyways, audience, while I have you here alone, um, it's, been a, it's been a good week for me. I've uh, invested in myself, and I've cashed in a paid time off check in order to acquire for myself a second 4K device. Now you might be saying, wait a second, Griffin. You were just talking about buying the 4K television that you had in your bedroom. And I said, yeah, I do have that television and it is incredible. 
But sometimes audience, sometimes listeners, I want to play at my desk. Sometimes I want to play at my desk upright because if I lay in bed, I get too sleepy. And then that's only about an hour and a half to two hours of video game. But now I'm going to have a second 4K device, a second. For, oh, hey, Lux is back. Yeah, I've uh, I've been crushing it. Image of the, I'm sure. I hear you talking about 4K devices. Yes, and then you know what? You can listen to the episode to find out what else I said. Uh, <laughs> I, lo- I love when there's a surprise for me, especially when I'm the one editing this. Who knows? Because Haley's on. I was just show. filling time mentioning that that I I, I, I spent time on me and uh, I invested in myself and I got a second 4K device for my desk. Hell yeah. Oh, a, a I got a Monotron and it's the Hell kind yeah. of because I was looking at the slate Lux and this is actually related. I was looking at the slate and I was like, there are like about to be seven games that I want to play in 4K on the PS5. That's a lot of games. Right. And I was like, well, I need to get a monitor that I can stream with to 1080 but then also not compromise my 4K experience at all. Sure. And so I did it. I pulled the trigger. I'm glad you're looking out for I am. I am. Number two, they're they're playing in 480p still. I I don't care about them at all. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, Number two, frankly, put in the toilet. But but there's a lot of games coming Uh, out, Lux. Yeah, no, there are. It's like, it's, I, I, we were saying this in our sort of year preview episode that like, this feels like the year where like a lot, it feels like in many ways, 2020 happened and everyone sort of slowed everything down and was like, well, we got to figure out this pandemic. And then 2021 was like, mostly everyone was mm-hmm. on pause. And 2022, it's like, all right, now everything we're going top speed, even if it's extremely unadvisable mm-hmm. to do so. Um, and that seems like where we're kind of at. And that's true with movies and it's true with uh, politics and it's true with because it's games. like, you know, we, th- we February, obviously it's hot. We got Sifu. We got Elden Ring. We got Horizon Forbidden West, all games that I got to play in 4K. And then, you know, March, we go right into Kirby. And then, you know, we, we've also got Triangle Strategy that, that month. Uh, there's a lot happening in March. Yeah, I mean, Triangle Strategy is number one for me, but there is Stranger of Paradise. It just just seems like all of a sudden it's like this year is chunked out. And then there's also a bunch of releases that say quarter two of 2022. There could be more. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, it's – well, quarter two, it starts in April. But, yeah, I mean, things get pushed up. There's quarter one releases coming. There's – it is a big – time for games i think a lot of stuff that we were expecting to play last year is coming out this year uh i think a lot of stuff that we were uh that was gonna come out this year anyway it's coming out this year and isn't delayed um and i think that between all that we're just like getting this like tidal wave of fucking titles to play and it's very exciting uh, from a me spending too much money. We got to batten down the hatches. Um, and, and I'm just saying, everyone prepare. You have but weeks before the onslaught begins, before the siege takes place. Um, it's Go to your office, find the PTO scrolls hidden <laughs> around the desks, and cash those in as soon that's, as you can. Because you're going to want That's exactly off. what I was talking about when you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, so funny yeah. um yeah so pay time off uh we love it folks we love folks, it. <laughs> it's it's not a lot and it's rare but when you when you when you when you can take it run you run all the way home little boy uh so but you know lux i know that you have a game you're playing i have a game that i really want to talk about called kena bridge of spirits and I wanted to get into that, but I think first we should just get into maybe some other news stories that have been circulating around. All right, let's do it. Let's hit some news, uh, then let's talk about some James, uh, uh, and then let's talk about some Amnesty. Am- so I have, a, I have a lawsuit that I am uh, preparing to take to court. 
you know Lux every time we video chat, and even now you see uh, I have a, a metal LED mask wrapped around my face. Uh, I kind I, yes. I wear it. I sleep with it. I shower with it. It's my Razer Gamer N95 mask. Yeah, the, the LED text says, don't tread on me, yeah. mouse, which is a weird one. Uh-huh. But Yeah, I, it's like I didn't really understand the original phrase. It's very good. Yeah, it's, it's like someone tried to think of something to put on an LED mask that would make you sound kind of right-wing and, and gamery and uh, sort of biffed it. <laughs> sort of did a bad job. <laughs> you biffed it. Uh, but I'm hearing, Lux, that this mask that I've invested so much money in and sort of iconic, you know, part of my, my visual style, uh, these, these N95 Razor masks, they're actually not N95s. They're actually fake. Yes, and they are one of many fake N95 masks circulating because nothing can exist in America without becoming a grift that kills yeah, people. Yeah, it's, aw- it's awesome. Uh, I've, yeah, we love it. We, it, ca- we it came out this we- week that, you know, uh, these N95 gamer razor masks with the LEDs, which were sold as N95s, Offer the same protection as like a piece of cloth, <laughs> and uh, and yeah. I, I wonder if like it's just like so exhausting. Life is so exhausting already that to like devote time to like taking a company to task seems so exhausting as well. So it's like, are they just gonna get away with this? Because seems like everyone is getting away with it. Yeah, I mean, like. It seems increasingly like somehow, despite radical improvements in technology and scientific knowledge and communication skills, uh, we're back in like 1890 where someone just shows up and is like, oh, made a tonic. What cures your exactly. And then it like and then it like makes everyone sick with like cholera and they die. And everyone's like, that's a lawsuit. And he's like, I didn't say it wouldn't give you cholera. Gotta go. And like, that's the world we live in now. And that's. So crazy. Yeah, it's like the tech has turned back into like witch doctors and and witch doctors. I'm sorry. Used to have swag, folks. We used to love the witch doctor with the long beaked mask and the and the shawl robe and the in the big book. I I just let's return to tradition. I'm getting more right wing every day. I'm understanding the phrases now. Yeah, what we really miss is uh, the witch doctor who looked at me and said, Ting Tang. <laughs> ooh, ee, um, ooh, ah, ah. So, ooh, ah, ah. Uh, that was that story, Lux. I, I, it's, uh, it's fucking crazy. I mean, and it's the craziest thing is that, like, to, to, to relate this to games even further, is that, like, the gaming, the, like, the risk of getting fucked in the gaming economy in mm-hmm. general is just, like, so broadly accepted. Like, people are totally, like, aware that you might pay 60 bucks for an early access game that they just stopped developing. Uh-huh. Or, like, that you will buy gear that isn't actually as good as advertised. Or that even a finished game that you buy will actually be shitty or will be waiting on DLC or you'll have to make in-app purchases. And everyone has just sort of decided this is how that economic, like, economic frame works and they're mm-hmm. okay with it. And it's wild. Uh, I mean, obviously, the mask one is, like, extremely egregious because, like, of, you know, people's literal human lives and safety. Um, But it's, like, it's crazy to me that this is just, like, an accepted part of the game. Like, this is just one of many examples of the game-overse being, like, uh, if shit doesn't work, that's just sort of the cost of But not only that, but it's, like, especially, specifically with this, like, mask stuff, it's, like, why is Amazon allowed to sell fake N95s? That would be so insanely easy for them to stop, but they're profiting on fake ones. Uh, and it seems like a really easy thing for like a, a president type of guy to do something about. Uh, if, if, if it's like nothing else is works except for those masks, then why don't we all have a free LED one that says, let's go, Brandon. That's it. Yeah, right. Well, that's the thing we got to get on. <laughs> I just think it, I think, you know, I, I, I love the way that Joe's handled it. Like he handles everything by just not knowing an existing. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, being confused by, by it and just sort of being like, by, okay. Uh, come on, Jack. I, I'm, 
I'm mid uh, half my body's in the ethereal sea. <laughs> uh, come on, Jack. It's it's body, not Brandon. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm disintegrating. Uh, so I one other thing while while COVID's on the brain. Uh, there's a hot new game called COVID Simulator. Uh, I had not heard of this till right now. By using data from the official CDC website, indie indie developer Cold Rice's game allows you to simulate how COVID-19 spreads in a workplace. There isn't a win condition. (laughs) The simulation keeps running no matter how much debt your virtual business accumulates. And you can even run simulations with zero employees. So there are no concrete goals, only sadistic experimentation. Um, you know, I, this is what I want to do. What I want to escape. I should stream this. You should stream this. <laughs> um, that would be a fun stream. Uh, I would, if I had time, I would guest on that stream. I would love to make a business and see how uh, bad. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get a day job, and then we can start scheduling more stuff like that. Yeah, I'm a. I'm, I mean, like I said, I said this before, I'm very lucky that, like, I've been working from home since pre-pandemic, and then I just, like, make stuff, and that's my job, and that's very cool. But, like, man, this sucks. This just, like, it's every day I feel like there's more people saying shit about the COVID situation that just makes more and more nonsense. Like, it's, like, let more and more nonsense. And it's just, like, increasingly, like, look, there's a bunch of people who care a lot about this. They have zero power. The people who do have power about it don't give a shit. Like, what are we going to do about that? Probably mm-hmm. Like, that's, like... Why are we still relitigating any of this? Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I almost respect the word lures, those evil gnomes that post the tiles. Um, <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about yeah. Wordle for a sec? Because I love Yeah. Let's talk about Wordle. Those little freaks posting those teensy tiny squares. And then, honestly, the aliens are among us, folks. I, if you can decipher the tiles, you can follow. This is like a rival, and I'm the redhead. People, okay, your name's <laughs> People are fucking going crazy about these tiles. I feel like it's like very, like it's fairly clear. Even if you haven't played Wordle, I think what they what they are, and <laughs> people are like really like. I know you're doing a bit and people are doing bits, but there are people who are sincerely like, I don't understand what these green squares do you, are. Yeah. Do you think if I if I do a little meme of a shot from a rival and I put the world tiles on the glass where the aliens are writing, that I'd like get a job writing for television? You might people act that might act you might you should do that after this <laughs> episode, because people would fuck with that meme. Listen, I'm sure. just trying to write on Smallmouth, the the prequel. I'm just trying to write. You're trying to write on that to be original series about a, a basketball coach who says fuck. <laughs> Kill Coach Fuck. It's a real show. It sucks. It's really bad. I want to. I want to bring um, it back, sort of bad lieutenant style. Yeah, Forrest and I watched one episode of Basketball Coach Who Say Fuck, and it was like really one of the worst. Why isn't it called Coach Fuck? I don't because I don't know because it's to be original. Uh, okay, well, to be reminds me of Queeby. It's kind of stealing a little Queeby swag. Yeah, exactly. It's a Quibi was quick bites. Tubi is a too many bites. Yeah, because uh, everything on is it that is what too a, much. Is, is that what actually but, what the title um, is supposed to represent? No, I have no idea what what it's, I think it's supposed to be like it's like, like oh wow, so it's porn. Yeah, it's not okay. titties. Um, but yeah, Wordle is great. I love Wordle. I'm a Wordle freak. I'm a I'm a Wordle perv. I'm a perv. A pervel, sure. Um, I think it's a great game. It's a really easy game. Uh, it's a really easy game to learn. It's a really fun way, thing to do in the morning while you yeah. drink your coffee, uh, or while you feed your dogs, or do like whatever weird menial tasks take yes. in the morning. Um, I think it's really yeah. good. Uh, I think it's really fun. I think one thing that's really fun about it is that it's a fun game to do as like a group thing in the sense of, like I have a group chat where everyone plays Wordle, and so everyone just posts their scores as they come in throughout the day, and then we like shit talk each other for doing. Sure, sure, down. sure. A big part of the a big part of I the think, game, uh, and then I'm sort of I'm sort of witnessing this sort of like as a National Geographer like animal wildlife person from afar, like on a cliff. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen is the wordlers, they love to show their work. And in fact, it's actually the primary goal for the wordlers is is not even sort of the experience of the them in the game, but the experience of showing other people their game. 
Right. Well, the process is a big part of it. And that's why – so Roger Sherman at Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R on Twitter did a tweet that I think f- sums up sort of what – how you can evaluate those like Wordle cubes, those like squares. And he says this. Wordle performance tiers. One out of six, two out of six, pure luck. Three out of six, potentially a great performance, but I'm suspicious. Four out of six, five out of six, the champion zone, a true indicator of skill, hard-fought victory, like battling a fish for hours and reeling it in. Six out of six, stupid idiot. Um, And that's really the thing, right, is you want to get, like, the four or five out of six is that's where the drama is. Like, oh, I only have a couple guesses left. I got to solve this. I got to put this together. And the thing that you're sharing with your friends is less, oh, I guess the five-letter word, and more, look at the crazy journey I went to find the sure. five-letter word. And that's why, like, one and that's why, like, one and two are sort of like, yeah, okay, like, maybe you just typed in quail and the word of the day was, like, I don't know, uh, quick. And so you got three of the letters right away and it was really easy to figure out the next one. It, off it's almost cooler to be a rap scallion that barely knows words and is sliding under the temple door by the, like, by the last moment. Well, that's the thing is you don't want to get a six because six, everyone's like, okay, well, you're, you're a huge idiot, you, you know, because that, that took you too many, oh. to get too many, you got, you got too many tips. The four or five zone is the money zone because that means you got it before the last one and you were able to put it together, but it wasn't luck because you were like, you had to show your work through steps mm-hmm. one, two, three. Yeah. Um, and that's like the most respectable Wordle framework. I, I also like Wordle because it seems to be posted in defiance of uh, everything else people want to post online, which is like death and despair. That they're like, and also here's my Wordles. And you got to hope that wor- the yeah. Wordlers are Wordling after the bombs drop. Sort of like the ghouls in Fallout. Yeah, that's like a big part of it, honestly, is that I feel like almost all of my friends who I do Wordle with are also my friends who are very like, capitalism is going to kill all of us Mm -hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. And so it's very like, the world's collapsing. The economy is going to murder everyone. Also, I got, uh, I got quick in six guesses, in three guesses. Well, in your communist hellscape locks, words would be rationed. Okay. So think about that. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's how it works for me. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, why don't you watch one of my YouTube videos, Lux? And you'll find a, a little bit out. Uh, uh, go check in on Davis. <laughs> I should do a day. I should do Davis. You this is my second yeah. full, fully memed out idea. You know, that's what's so great. Lux about the internet now is it's really less about creativity and more about Mad Libs. And the more effective you are at doing cultural Mad Libs online, the more job opportunities, wealth, sex, power. Well, you know, this actually relates back yeah. to Wordle. Um, and not just because it's an inroad to sex and power. <laughs> um, but that, like, there's this thing happened over the weekend where this guy, some guy, uh created wordle 2 as a phone app and it's just wordle it's the same thing but wordle wasn't copywritten and so he made it as an app and sold ad space (laughs) and made a bunch of money off of the ad space because people would be like oh what's wordle look it up in the app store buy wordle 2 start playing that and people were like hey it sucks that you did this and his defense was basically it wasn't copywritten it's not against the rules and so it's fine that i did this and it's good actually um, and that's very sort of emblematic of like kind of what you're talking about, that there is like this sort of Mad Libs pursuit of just like anything that you could possibly do, even if it's extremely copyrighty or meme or derivative, doesn't matter. Because as long as you're doing it and getting eyeballs on it or whatever, then you're yes. good. That's a, yeah, that is everything now. Yeah, I like that. That's beautiful. And, and you know what's great? There's there's no eyeballs on us, which means that we're the real artisans. We're the real craftsmen, yeah. oh. okay? Yeah. When people talk about punk rock and sort of the heroes who sort of operate below the wavelength of contemporary mainstream society, that's us. I've baby. never had a fan sway me in the slightest. They're powerless to me. Yeah. We've literally had fans be like, the show sounds like shit. And we've been like, okay. Also, a lot of them want merch. Oh, yeah, people have asked for merch, which is funny because, like, we do have a T-shirt-sized print of our artwork, but we just, like, yeah, don't do it. Oh, anything. that'd be kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. You'll um, never get that. Yeah. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> yeah. 
the yeah, suck it. Any anyone who attempts to create their own Game Boys merch will be sued into the ground. Yeah, and by sued we mean fucking <laughs> katana. <laughs> yeah, the way a katana goes. Yeah, exactly. It's not a lot of people. Oh, is that what that means? Not a lot of people. A word that sound like like in comic books. Yeah. Yeah. Bam pow. Fuck Wham. yeah. Uh, okay, wait, was there one more thing I wanted to talk to you about, Lux, before we go to commercial? Well, we want to talk about our, well, why don't we talk about our games now, and then go to commercial, and then do Attack on Titan? Oh, wait, oh, okay, we could do it that way, yeah, yeah, all right, you first. All right, yeah, okay, uh, I am playing, uh, Bravely Default 2, because, uh, largely because there's a lot of games kind of in the Lux mode that are coming, but are not here yet. Um, and Tales of Arise became so, uh, repetitive and it's sort of heavy handed thematic shit that I just needed to do something different because I could not be told that actually everyone could be the same if we could just see past our differences for the nine million. And is Tales of Arise, Um, is it Tales of the verb arise or is arise a noun in that world? Buddy, that's a... So it's Tales of Run. Well, it's of Arise because like it's about like... Tales of Awaken. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. So I just maybe the city was named Arise. I don't know. No, I mean that's a reasonable question, given all the other Tales games are sort of. Um, uh, they're just. Uh, my point is, they're they're trying less and less with these times. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what that's what I was about to say. Is that it, it, it makes sense because there's like Tales of Vesperia, Tales of you know whatever uh, the other Cromdor. Yeah. Are all. Are all about a place, right? Or and like a name, and this one is just about. So you're playing you bravely. Did, you're playing arise. bravely. Default two. Uh, it's yeah, the one for the Switch looks, that came out. Yeah, I mean, I don't actually really like the little the, the character models. They're a little chibi. Yeah, a little too me. chibi. A little too chibi, but the mechanics are fun because it. The thing is, so here's the thing. I love, 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 love. Uh, like turn-based JRPG mm-hmm. stuff. What I don't love is ones that are like a hundred percent straight. Oh, uh, there has to be kind of a, a wrinkle. To you want to? Yeah, you want to? You want to? I want. You want a, a modern specialty cocktail. You want like some kind of grasshopper salt on the rim. You want? Uh, yeah. You want a? You want a big rock? You know, or maybe pebble ice. Yeah, exactly. I want. I want, you know, uh, uh, weaknesses that give me extra turns. Ooh. I want eight, I want an ATB bar that fills up at different rates for different I characters. Want a, I want that I kind want of a stuff. son who's coming to kill me, and his team is getting stronger and following me from town to town. That's specific and feels less like a game mechanic and more like a dream you had. <laughs> but um, I think it'd be kind of cool. Um, anyways. I'm not saying it, I'm not saying it wouldn't be cool. I'm saying I don't see. How, I, anyways, uh, Bravely Default's really fun though because the fu- the combat mechanic, the core combat mechanic that makes it like differentiated from you know other stuff is there are there are weaknesses. But they don't give you extra turns instead of extra damage. The thing is that you have two extra moves sort of in your arsenal called Brave Actions and Default. Oh, there it is. And Default and Default, you wait and like defend and you get an extra Brave point. Brave actions, you spend brave points to get extra actions on your turn. So uh, the big thing about the fighting is sort of like deciding when to like default a bunch to bank up a lot of brave points and cash onto a bunch of damage, when to waste some of your turns. Because if you go into negative brave points, which you can, you don't go until you get back you to get zero. Ca- so it's all coward kind of, points. It, yeah, exactly. And until your coward points run out, you can't do anything. Um, and so I really love this sort of like dance you're doing throughout the game of doing this default to get points up. Like it's, it doesn't matter too, too much in your average fight. Cause usually in an average fight, you just like have every character spend all their brave points, do a bunch of damage and then like move on. But boss fights, these guys have enough HP that like, even if you were to cash at all your brave points, they'd still be alive. You'd miss all your turns. So you have to figure out, factor that into the default stuff. And it makes boss fights really complicated nice. and interesting in a way that, most JRPGs are not able to do. And uh, that that sounds fun. 
Yeah, I like it. Uh, I like the story too. I do. I agree with you. The character models are not my style. Yeah, I'm just like yeah that that part for me. But maybe yeah, if everything else is fun. Yeah, and uh, also Forrest gave me a, a a 3DS to borrow, so I'm about to dive into uh, Shin Megami Tensei wow. Four. Um, the one where you're a samurai. Okay. Um, and I'll be reporting back on that next week for sure. I just haven't had time to set up the, uh, the three. It's yesterday. nice to hear the stream will never run out of content. Uh, yeah, well this, you know, we also are testing out a new thing tonight, which I guess people aren't going to get to hear, but sorry. Uh, cause this isn't coming out till tomorrow. They can watch but, the VOD. Uh, we're trying it. They can watch the VOD. We're trying out, um, because of COVID, we're still not streaming the same room because of the Omicron spike. Um, so we're going to try doing an online game called Earth Defense Force, which is a game where you kill a bajillion bugs. We've talked about the show before. So I'm pretty excited for that for the stream, too. Because if we can become a part-time EDF stream, I think that'd be pretty fun. Don't put yourself... Um, yeah, don't you put yourself ever, in a box. And if you ever want to copy EDF... Yeah, if you ever want to copy EDF and play with us... Listen, is that, a, is that like a three-player thing where we get to be robots and fight bugs? It's a four-player thing where you get to be guys and fight bugs. Okay, so I will play off two separate PCs and then you guys will be the other two. Well, we'd also like maybe get just like get like Kyle. Eh, okay. Uh <laughs> we could do we could do double Griffin. We also do Griffin and Kyle. Griffin and Mike. Uh, uh I, I don't I I I am interested in Bravely Default except for animation. I think there's a few other JRPGs that you've recommended me that like pique my interest a little bit more. Um, yeah, I mean, like, and and there's great ones coming out this year. Like, Sea of Stars looks really fucking cool. And it's coming out for the mm-hmm. end of the year. There's gonna, there's this fucking. It looks like there's gonna be a switch port for Dark Deity eventually. Yeah. Um, there's got it. There's Project Triangle strategies. So there's like a lot to look forward to. So Bravely Default, I think, is gonna be like a space filler for me. Sort of that I that I play a couple hours of every week and then come back to. I don't. I think that there's a world where I have the juice to just like rock mm-hmm. with it. But I don't think that be- I think because there's so many games coming and there's so much stuff I want to play that it's just not it's ne- it's going to be tough to make that top for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, can we talk about my game? Let's talk about your game. Uh, I have been playing Kena Bridge of Spirits for the PlayStation Five. And how it is phenomenal. Uh, I, this is the most slept on game of 2021. It is really, really good. Um, and it's good for, it's, it's brave of you to admit that because we slept on it. I remember us talking about it and you being like this game. Don't care. Yeah. I got it wrong. I mean, we listen, we know that whatever I said, the opposite happened last year. So yeah, 2021 was a cursed year for the, the Davis predictions. Mm-hmm. I was saying Ch- China would take us over. A lot of things didn't work out for me. God, I wish. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so this game is from an indie studio, and it's their first game, uh, which is pretty amazing. Because what I it's hard to describe or where to start with this game, but it, it's kind of, to me, like what a modern Jack and Daxter would be. Or like a modern Ratchet and okay. Clank. So it's like a, a platformer where you have a little guy who can help you accomplish various yeah. tasks. And you're solving puzzles and, and going around and sort of unveiling little mysteries and learning more about the world and more powers as That's you exactly go. correct, Lux. That kind of stuff? That's exactly correct. That sounds um, But instead of uh, having one little guy with you, you have a shit ton of little guys. And you collect more little guys, and they all start to follow you around the levels. Uh, They help you solve puzzles, and they help you in combat. And you can, like, upgrade what they can do in combat. Uh, So what's combat like in this game? Because that's always been a weird thing for those kind of puzzle platformers. I need you, before we talk about combat, I need you to Google search ROT, R-O-T, Kena, Bridge of Spirits. I need you to see these little guys. All right. Oh. Oh, look at these little guys. I would describe them as like sentient eggplants. Um, yeah, they're like, they're like if. Do you remember like in the 90s? I feel like there was a time where they were trying to like Furby eyes things that weren't Furby. Yes, you know, totally. It's like if they did that. It's like if they did that to. Yes. An and. Here's the kicker, Lux. 
you can buy hats for all of them. Oh, shit. And in fact, collecting all of the hidden hats in the game is a big, big part of the game. Because you want to get all the hats. Um, The hats are so fun to put on them. Because what happens is you start out with like 8 to 10 of these little guys. And then to level up, you have to find more in the world. And so right now I have 35 of them following me around and they all like, yes, Pikmin? like Pikmin and, and they and all, they have, all have special hats. Fuck dude. And, Shit. Okay. And this sounds so and, good. And, and so you want to keep going cause, cause like you could not collect them all, but you like want to keep seeing how many you can get because the PS5 engine just runs all of these little guys following you so crisply. It's insane. Like, like you'd be like, oh, okay, there's six of them following me. That'd be one thing. But you got like 35 of these guys, all with a unique hat, just trolling around me. Uh, all with a unique hat is a yeah, funny thing. It, yeah, this hat is unique. Um, but like... Not only that, but just like the the way that they really use these little guys um, to just sort of populate the spaces that you run through as well. Because like, for instance, you'll be running along a ledge on a cliff and up to an elevator and the guys will just populate the ledge. Some of them will be sitting in the ledge. Some of them will be dancing. One of them will be asleep. And they just populate whatever space you're in with like organic life. Uh, it's like, yeah, they kind of remind me of, uh, those little Smeesky action, those little Smeesky figures Burf was really into that. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 Guys that had the little, little poses. Yes, totally. Um, and so like, there's just so much care, like with these little guys and like, they're such a, the heart of the game. Um, and it's just, it's just like such a fun mechanic. That's so simple, but everything about it, it influences the game from aesthetics to puzzle solving to your strength in the combat uh that that makes me think that this might be a good sort of ps5 purchase for me to sort of hold me over on the ps5 until the big boys start coming out of their big holes and 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 and, and oh boy will this hold you over lux because to see this game in 4k it's one of the most like gorgeous games I've seen on the PlayStation. I think it's the best looking game. It's better than Ratchet and Clank. Like Ratchet and Clank got all these visual awards, but their worlds weren't interesting to look at. They were just like super shiny. There's a few levels that were interesting to look at, but then there was a lot of stuff that was like, okay, this is just like looks really good, but I'm not like fascinated with this world. Like, the rifts just made me jump around so much that I didn't really care about the world. But, like, this world and this universe of this, like, spirit world that they've, like, built on this big mountain is so dense and so beautiful. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just, like, a wonder to behold. Uh, and, and, like, I'm just blown away that people slept on this game. Here's the weird part about it, though, Lux. This game is actually pretty hard. That's good. That's what I was going to ask next. Because I don't like those kind of games where too easy. This game has, and what I usually hate to use as a describer, but like, it's a Dark Souls game for kids. It looks like that, but technically, it's like way more for teens and adults. Like, a kid would have a probably a pretty difficult time uh, with the game. Unless kids are just super cracked at games now, and I have no gauge on that. Uh, like for how cute it is, it becomes very challenging and you have to use all of your abilities quickly to defeat these bosses. Um, so yeah, it's like a great playthrough in that sense, because there's a lot to sink into. And then there's also extra challenge platform chests and enemy challenge chests. If you want to like take it up another notch, um, there's higher difficulties. There's all sorts of stuff. Um, so that's all firing on all cylinders, the looks like the, the gameplay, the little guys. Um, but the, also just like the, the story is really, really simple. It's, it's not trying to do too much cause it knows what it is. It's a simple platformer, but it is telling like a really simple, well-told story with great voice acting. 
Um, and yeah, they just they just crush it. It's just like this game has everything. Like I and I just think like was this a failure of advertising? Was it a failure by the developers to like not get it out early enough to people for reviews? Like I don't know what happened. Well, I think a little bit's like an aesthetics thing, you know? Like it's like it looks for kids um, in a way that sometimes games don't get as much of a legit shot as they should if they have that look yeah. to them. Um, and it's like anime-y a little bit, I think, in its tone, it seems like. Um, and those are two things that people are like turned off by in yeah. general. Yeah, I mean, for me now, like in retrospect, this would have been like my definite second place in terms of game of the year um, just because it takes all the simple things you love about those platformers uh, and like makes more modern challenges of it, more interesting puzzles, more interesting environments um, and, and all that stuff is just like so good. So yeah, definitely recommend it. All right. Um, now we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back time. Let's Holy go. shit. Holy moly. Folks, if you don't want to tack on Titan spoilers, fuck I'm okay. Off. I'm okay with people um, only listening to the first half. Yeah, totally. Um, and the ad that's going to play between the two segments. Please stay for the ad. Um, stay for the ad. Come for the ad. Stay for the ad. Yeah, come for the ad. Stay for the ad. Don't even listen to the show. Um, but yeah, Attack on Titan spoilers to come. We're probably going to just like do talk about the episode every week in some sort of segment format just until the show is over because we both watch yes. it. I think it's good. Um, and the big question, I'll just start this off. The big question for this season is how the show ends will decide if this show is cool racist super fast <laughs> like it's this show will decide whether the guy who made it thinks that uh, <laughs> the invasion of korea was good or bad like it's based it's really or like cringe nice yeah it is we're like we're at based or cringe status because like there are there's ways to land the show that sort of are critical of sort of all of these different militaristic fascistic tendencies across all these different factions like, you can make that work with the ending from where the show is right now. It's not a big stretch, like, not a long walk. But you can also, from this point, be like, actually, these fascists were good. Uh, is also a place the show could land. These are both on the table. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a little less worried about that. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like it's pretty hard to, to read into, like, any of this as being, like, positive. Right? Right. Well, that's the, that's the thing is you define that by like the ending and how the end, what, like what the ending is trying to position you to think about like ethically with the rest of the. It stuff. feels like no. So well, ending, I don't know. It feels like no matter what, almost every character has lost a lot, um, and so yes. to me that doesn't that doesn't is not a ringing really endorsement. <laughs> yeah, but if the show sort of is like ultimately the Marleyan perspective is good or ultimately the Eldian perspective is good or whatever and sort of like a side wins and we're meant to feel good about that win unless well, the side is literally just unless the side is just Armin and Mikasa well, in which case well first fine. of all like whoever like, whoever survives or quote unquote wins to me doesn't determine rightness um well how the show frames their winning yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah for sure um but to me, just based on how many uh, like factions are all embroiled in this conflict, which is what's going to be so interesting at the coming episodes, just the fact that there are so many factions and it's all so broiled and so confusing on the lines on where to draw, it, it seems like the show's already made the case that it's like it, that, that there is no I mean that I mean inside, it's hard it's hard for there to be a right. winner pick. I'm inclined to believe the show has a very strongly anti-militaristic bent that will become very clear by the end of the season. The reason I think that, we've talked about this before, is that there's the scene where Sasha's dad shows up and is like, here's what these are. <laughs> Listen, um, I, I, I read the Reddit comments and I'm a new character that that is replying yeah. to those comments. <laughs> yeah, straight up he shows up and is like, here's how you should feel about everything. And I think that's... I do think that when shows or narratives or anything talks to like talks to you directly in those terms in those ways, you should take it seriously as like a lodestone for reading the rest of the text. That's like how literary criticism works. Um, and so I think that's important. But like 
it's not a deal. It doesn't seal the deal. Like, that is where I'm at. I agree with you. Like, I think it ultimately is going to end in this, like, anti-militaristic, like, you know, his whole thing is about, like, we can't we can't expect the children to grow out of these violence tendencies. We keep leaving them in these woods full of monsters. Right. It's like the, I, I would also say that like in specifically this pilot, I mean, it's premiere episode, the character of the, of the, of the sort of, uh, Jaegerist guy who lets them out of the jail cell. And is like, I had no idea about the euthanasia plan. Uh, what was the point of any of this? If there's going to be no kids, uh, I think that's pretty, pretty clear messaging at least for me yeah i mean the thing with that guy is just like the show has so often had characters show up say a thing and then do the opposite for like various reasons so i'm not sold on that that's that's why like we're not gonna be able to settle this question for real until the huh. finale right like the finale is gonna be like here's the thing i tend to agree that's probably gonna go the way you're talking it, about. And that- but that's like the stakes of the season and sort of like an ethical like it, 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 it is the stakes of the season but i also i wonder that it's like isn't it kind of weird to hear a story for so long and, 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 and feel like you or like you personally don't know where they're going to what what the, what their story they're telling still? I don't know. It seems like. No, because to me, I'm a big believer in like the literary concept that like the ending is the conceit that like the end of the story is the thing you use to look back at the story to put everything into its like ethical. It's the answer context. to the question. So, yeah. Yeah, so I know so <clears throat> I know they're telling a story about militarism. I know they're telling a story about sort of generational violence. I was telling a story about, you know, this kind of stuff. But the way they land on it, or how they want you to feel about it, I think is still somewhat ambiguous. And I think that's intentional and interesting. I like that the show is playing it ambiguously, because I think I think the move to make Aaron hero to villain, have like Reiner go villain to hero, have Gabby go from like annoying to cool. Um and shit like that is and, like, and have and really have Hanji good. go from a ten to an eleven. True. Um, have Mikasa go from like determined to like you know sort of broken in this way. Like these are arcs that are really interesting, and they all provide a sort of ambiguity to the broader ideas of the show. Um, and that's exciting to me. Like that's like a, a kind of brave way to tell a story because I think a lot of stories you're right, especially contemporary ones, come out swinging with. Here's the shit we want to say. Everything is going to be this. If you, you know, either you're on board, like, like don't look up. It's like the obvious mm-hmm. example, right? Where it's like, if you think climate change is bad, <laughs> wait. If you, if you think climate change is bad, wait till you hear about sorry, climate, climate change. Sorry, I, damn, this MF done said climate <laughs> hey, change. I, I do, I, man. I do want to live in this in the in the slightly alternate timeline where it's called climate change. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be funnier to say. But my point is that, like, there's that, like, the, I think it's a really, when we'll get to the, the actually this is the episode in a second, I think it's just a really exciting and creatively ambitious thing to play on this knife's edge thematically the way that the show does. And I think it makes it a lot more unpredictable because, like, when you know what the ethical position of the show is, sometimes sort of suspense questions aren't that suspenseful because you're like, well, the show wants me to think X, so Y has to happen yeah. or whatever. And when that's not as clear, the show is, like, very surprising. And this episode is full of fucking... Well, my, cool my, my, I guess just my last argument on that is that well, while you feel like the show has to get to the final episode to have that final answer, so many characters, like the characters we've mentioned, are already giving me that answer. And so it's like, that, why, that, I feel like that answer, like, won't be rescinded. But, but, but that's just my yeah, faith I mean, in the show. Um, yeah, I'm inclined, to, I'm inclined to agree, but, I, you know, we won't know, no, yeah. until it's over. So that's, that's uh, but man, uh, that outro and that intro, ooh, baby, new, new songs, new songs. Wow, 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 wow! That that yeah. intro just took my breath away. It really did. It took my breath away. Uh, that shit fucking rocked. It reminds me a lot of when they did that metal version of that in Death Note for the part two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just and it's, it's just letting you know, hey, shit's. Shit is going down. It's all over now, baby. Yeah, it. They. It's. I mean, the stakes of the show within its own universe are like are like actually apocalyptic. Yeah. Uh, in and in, in multiple and, and ways. bringing back sort of what in season one was very much a horror show. You know, like a, it's like a show based in just like yeah. pure abject horror and like helplessness. Whereas like later seasons tend to be more about like having the power to resist and stuff like that. Um, yeah. 
this season feels like it's like it's apocalyptic and in, in the dread that you feel in the intro is like it, it feels like that horror element is back. Right, well, because we know the rumbling is on the table in, like, a very real way. And we know the stakes of the rumbling, which is, like, everyone fucking dies. Yeah. I also like uh, how some characters are like, what if we did a little rumbling? I love I love that. Yeah, yeah a little a little tapas rumbling. Just the tip. Small plates or Small plates small, rum, small plates small plate, So, what? yeah, it's family-style rumbling tonight, baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everyone gets a little bite. <laughs> um, it's... But it's like so it ugh. and okay, just the quick things. Animation still looks fucking Yeah, great. shouts out to Mappa. Everyone was really worried that for the final season they went with a completely different production company. But this anime studio is firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Uh I think there was some stuff in it. Uh my th- I think the thing that really fucking like knocked me on my on my little butt was uh when the uh the jaw titan the guy with the big oh yeah he's thing, just dancing around them poles but uh, he's yeah when he's dodging around the fucking spears and he's like swinging on them and like pushing oh yeah them and it's like that kind of, like 30 like 15 seconds of him just like kind of like a george of the jungling around these spears that looked unbelievably yeah cool. it's it's like and then even the still stuff is is really great in this because um you know the majority of the shots are are like fully animated now there's they rarely ever like cheat and use like just a still it's like everything is just had this like really fine detail um like that that opening sequence with levi and they're like he's she hanje is like trying to convince the jaegerist that he's dead and then they're like we can check his pulse too and then he fucking steams out uh, of the Titan. That whole sequence was just like so beautifully animated. Yeah, and the tension of like Hanje being like, "You don't need to check him," and then being like, "We should check this guy." And then they jump in the river. Oh, oh, so it's pretty. Good. Yeah, it's pretty great because like the people that it just shows that it's like even when like Levi is like half blown up, people are like really scared of him. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if, I mean, the show has made it very clear. If you are Titans, the biggest thing you need to worry about is Levi Ackerman followed slightly by Mikasa, mm-hmm. right? And so I think I, one of the things about the season that I love, that I'm very excited about, is that Mikasa has this, like, problem where she doesn't know if her desires are her own or bred into her by, like, the Ackerman breeding system. And Levi's, like, 90% dead. Right, and so it's like Levi's so, basically off the board in terms of like being an, a lethal threat, and so is Mikasa for right now. And so there's a real tension of a: how are these people going to be able to fight without these two superheroes? And b: we fucking know there's going to be like a my god, that's Mikasa's music like moment. Uh, and same with Levi in this season somewhere. And I like even though I know those moments are going to come, I'm still going to like kick over a table and run through a wall like fucking as soon as it happens. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they'd do with Levi at this point. Uh, I mean, it's like, at the end of the day, Levi and the Beast Titans still need, like, one last final showdown. Like, their their confrontation isn't over yet. Um, right. And I so, mean, like, it, may, it might have to end with Levi getting tightened up or something like that. Yeah, I mean, Le- yeah, something like that, right? Like, cause there, there's going to be some crazy thing to make Levi survive. Levi has to have one more show on the Beast Titan. And I think Mikasa has to have a showdown with Aaron. I think there's, like, the two things that like, kind of have yeah. to happen in this season. I think both those moments are going to be, like, like mind-blowingly exciting. I, I completely uh, agree. Um, uh, I, I also want to just be a shout-out to Team Peak. I love Peak so much. Peak rules. Uh, <laughs> I... I thought she was pretty fun. The moment that really sealed it for me with her is when Gabby's like, um, is like, but you said we couldn't trust Marley. And she's like, I don't, but I trust the people that I fought with. Like, I trust my comrades. Yeah, because at this point, everything's so fucked. That's all she's got. And then, like, you really yeah. you really relate to that as an audience member because you're like, yeah, what does any of these people do? Yeah, and also because of uh, COVID. Yeah. yeah <laughs> It's, it's, it feels it feels a little on the nose. In some yeah, uh, but she gets oh. an absolute 360 no scope 
uh, on Aaron. And when that moment happens, it's just, it's so sick. It's like, fuck yeah. It's, it's so And the animation when his blood is spilling out of his fucking head. You've like, you haven't really seen like a Titan get like headshotted like that before. Um, And just like the, just Mappa is just doing just such incredible work. Uh, Also, that was one of my favorite interstitials of the, of all time. Because the interstitial, at least the translation of it, was like, after they lost the cannon on the Wagon Titan, they made a new cannon. That's the best interstitial. <laughs> As though it'd be like, someone on Reddit was going to be like, oh, where did they get that cannon from? And so they were like, fuck you. They're directly commenting so on the Redditors. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's so like the other ones were like, here's a taste of some lore. And this was just like, shut up. Here's the logistics of the fucking episode. Just watch the damn show. Well, it was well, uh, well, it, they did seed it early because in the very beginning of the part one of the season, these Titan killing cannons are introduced, uh, but they're used by another nation. And so they're like, oh, it makes sense that they would like co-op those and like slap those on peak. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, just some other like I guess like narrative stuff. Um, it, it's obvious that like like there's about to be so many people fighting because Annie is still out of the game for like multiple seasons, but is like just what in a crystal rock somewhere. Um, so she's yep. gonna come out and make some choices, um, and uh, yeah, it, it seems like I'm really interested in. Armin's journey now because it seems like Armin is like totally still believes in Aaron. Uh, yeah, Armin is to me the most interesting sort of character left on the board. Yeah. I think um, definitely not the coolest, but the most interesting because he has like a very clear moral perspective that seems to be directly at odds with Aaron's, but also has like a real sort of fraternal love for Aaron. Um, that he like can't seem to get. But also in this in this fucking jail scene where after he's let out and he's defending Aaron to the other people, he mentions that like they should destroy all of the Marlians or whatever. And it's so I'm like, oh, like is Armin just going full with Aaron now in this mode of like just totally genociding uh, people? I don't think so because I think in that scene. A bunch of people push back by being like, uh, Aaron did a lot and said, like, a lot of fucked up stuff. And his response is always like, eh, he didn't mean that. Yeah. Like, he didn't mean it. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't talking about it like that, though. Like, he, he was, you know, he's just yeah, saying but shit. Yeah, but, but Armin shit. is smarter than that, which makes me think that it's like, is Armin starting to have uh, a different type of morality? Right. Well, that's, that's, that's what makes Armin, I think, the most interesting character is that. It's both Armin is smarter than that, but Armin's also emotionally invested enough in Aaron that it would like cloud his judgment on these things. And like those are both believable sort of routes for the character yeah. to take, which puts us in this really interesting He's the one spot to watch. where like Yeah, where the moral compass of the show seems like really to have an ambiguous ethical position. And he's also the only one that can literally delete the blimps instantly. <laughs> like which I which I think is about yeah. to happen. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the blimps are fucking people up. Uh, like seeing the Jaegerists just like get absolutely trounced by the Marlians was like a really well-written world beat because it's like the Marlians, all they do is empire shit. Like this is not their first invasion. Like their armies are used to this. The Jaegerists are a bunch of like starved, half-beaten, like like insurrectionists, just like running a coup. Like there's no military anymore. The scouts have all been killed. Like everything is like to- in total shit here. And so of course these armies, uh, this army is gonna get decimated by the Marlians. Like like from the get go. Yeah. And that was such a like a well-written world beat. And and it feels great too because like. The Jaegerist plan, and they even kind of cop to this throughout the the past season, and and in this one is that like their plan was just like to get the to get the thing off before Marley does anything, right? Is to do the rumbling to start the process of of the the euthanasia project, um, and like do it before Marley has a chance to stop them, right? Their plan isn't like oh if we can hold Marley for X amount of time we'll be fine. It's like as long as we can do this before Marley gets their shit together we'll be. But even though, but even in their Uh, movements and their squadrons, like they got totally decimated by this army. Yeah, no, totally, because they, right, cause, well, that's why, because their whole thing was like, we'll get this off before they get here, and then it was like, no, they're moving faster than you think, here comes fucking yeah. Reiner, um, and 
that I thought was like such a fun beat to put those two things in tension. Um, like you're saying, and man, fucking Reiner, dude, he's so cool. He's so cool. He's so awesome in that I, episode. I, 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 Reiner's a bitch. I, I fucking, he's a fucking, he's a huge, he's a horrible person. Like I, I, I don't, I don't understand that people like him so much now that just cause he's sad about like what he's done. Cause he's continuing to do bullshit. Well, the reason I like Reiner is that like. He's a character, a character type that I really enjoy, which is like a guy with what is largely like an ethically viable vision, but no real sense of how to make ethical choices on an individual step by step basis on the way to that vision. And so what makes him compelling to me, at least, is that like eventually he's going to get it right. Eventually he might get it right. Yeah. Um. And this is like the first step of that is him just being like, look, I'll fucking die in this fight. Yeah, but he's responsible to. for like, like millions of people dying. It's just like. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's like he's going. Yeah, he's to going hell. to fucking hell. Like it's just awful. For sure. He's going to hell. But like the question. And that's that's part of the that's actually kind of gets at one of the, the great things of the show right now is that like everyone except for maybe Armin is well, going Armin, to hell. Well, Armin, but not like, Armin just did it, too. Like on the attack on Marley. Armin's. Armin's yeah, Armin's on his fucking way, man. Yeah, so, uh, um, yeah. But they're all going to hell, but the question is, like, how much good can they do before that? Like, how yeah. like how much can they balance the scales? Because everyone's done a bunch of terrible things, and that's what makes sort of this... It's the compelling. Red Dead Redemption 2 arc, which is way more compelling than, like, the opposite, which is, like, Breaking Bad. Uh, so, <clears throat> the uh, last thing that I wanted to talk about for this episode, because I do have to go, but... We gotta talk about the freaking, uh, what's it called? Um, the Beast Titan going to the fucking other realm. <laughs> yeah, his weird vision. He went to the Sand Palace in the universe, in the cosmos. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of crazy stuff about this. Now, A, I loved this scene because. It was so trippy and so well directed. Like he's like, oh, this young, this weird little girl built me out of sand and like sent me back into the living. Um, and then he's like, oh, what's that in the sky? Like the paths. And it's like, so there's all these like kind of proper noun mysteries. And I don't know. It was cool, but it was also a little frustrating because I'm like, why do I? Why am I gonna care about this little girl? At this point, like we're introducing like a whole other like mystery element. And I guess we still don't exactly know what happened to originate the Titans and have some questions about it. But I'm, I, I don't know. I was a little. I'm, how do you feel about that part? I like Attack on Titan best when it takes its metaphysics for granted. Um, when it's just like, this is how shit works. Like live in the space. Um, I'm not as interested in how or why there are Titans or so much of the history. I like, I understand why they need that backstory to justify a lot of like the Aaron Zeke stuff, but I find the parts where Aaron and Zeke are like, if you eat this Titan, you'll gain this power. And if we hold hands, my Royal Titan blood will magnify yeah, the I, power of your, yeah, like, I actually, that's like my least favorite. Yeah. Shit. The, the Royal Titan blood shit. I, I really don't give a fuck about that part. I think it sucks. Yeah. I know it's like important to like the scale of the thing. It's how the rumbling can happen. But the, but the problem with it is that we don't really know why it matters, and so we're we're left to just accept it. Yeah, they they kind of explained it the last season that like each individual titan has super specific powers, and like the royal titan can like project them outward more, so that the founding titan can like use its like titan controlling power through the royal titan to like control all the titans in the so, walls and like so it's not scale. because he's specifically related to an important person that like made a titan pact no he has the titan blood that's what lets him do that that is because he's related to that person. yeah right so we have to learn about who that person is yeah i guess or something like that but like th- that's the thing is that like that's the shit that's least interesting yeah. to me even though i get why it has to be in there what i'm annoyed by with this lady in the past is that like i don't need that mystery to go all the way back i really don't I just kind of need to, like, vaguely understand the logistics of why Zeke and Aaron have to do the magic together at the same time. To Like, you need to sort of justify the stakes of why we need to keep these two characters separate to, like, save the world yeah. or whatever. That's fine. Get it. But, like, I don't need 
everything about that to be 100 percent. yeah i agree but you know outside of that this episode was such a banger so much action crammed into 22 minutes uh the fight scene with aaron with aaron reiner and the jaw titan is i'm gonna rewatch it i'm gonna go back and rewatch it it was it was a, a visual splendor a dramatic splendor uh this show is firing on all cylinders and we are in for a treat folks and yes, the show is racist. Uh, that's all I have. All right. Uh, we'll find out the show's racist in the future. But until then, you can find Haley on YouTube and Instagram at Eat Every Sound. You can find Griffin on Twitter and TikTok at Griffin P. Davis or streaming on twitch.tv slash Chumroom. You can find me on Twitter at Tailboy. That's T-A-I-L underscore B-O-I. And you can find me streaming on Wednesdays at 8.30 Central on twitch.tv slash pixelgoblins. We also stream on Sundays and maybe adding a tactics game day in the future, depending on uh, how we feel about it. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Griffin is coming back. Bye. Uh, and we will see you all Sorry we're late. Later. So sorry we're late on this one. We're not sorry. <laughs>